0: All right, welcome to the Eric J. The Great Podcast Show. We've got a special guest on the show today, Virtue, Virtue, Honor, Louisville Finest. Tone, man, how you doing? Man, it's beautiful, man. Thanks, is beautiful. It's a wonderful day.
1: Uh, appreciate you having me on, man. You're doing real good things. i seen the interview with Shorty son.
0: Seeing you make a lot of noise man. so salute to you man oh, really? thank you I appreciate it man uh, I wanted to uh, create a platform you know just for um, I was talking to Stay Ahead owner uh, last week and I was like you know we have to make Louisville kind of like uh, Houston or Atlanta where everybody helps each other out you know if someone is building up and they get a platform to help everybody whether that's artists uh, business owners or anybody you know everybody can help each other as everybody's trying to achieve their own individual goals, you know what I'm saying? I'm a firm believer in that and I think a lot of people sometimes I get a
1: little flack because people say I don't go outside of our circle Mm -hmm. to get a lot done so it makes the engagement want to be a part of the team that much more enticing but I believe in I'm a build from within so if I see a special talent or a niche that I see in somebody else that works there I'm going to invest in you to get there as opposed to reaching out to somebody else. Because I believe that you're only going to be successful with the people around you. So if I feel like that they're not achieving their best, I got to bring that out of them in some type of way. So shout out to Nisha. She's she to she be a DJ. Like she, whatever she's talking about, mixing margaritas, she's got a niche and an ear for music. And she likes that energy. And I think that's something she'll be. So that's our next song. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah,
0: you're a DJ. yeah, yeah. All right, we'll start from the beginning, man. So uh, tell the people where you're from and how old are you? Man, I am from, born and raised in Little Kentucky. Uh Dig down a little deeper than that
1: from the West End. Okay. Uh, four different markets where I was born and raised. Uh, a lot of my childhood, then eventually moving to Shadwood, of course. Uh, high school, I went to Mill. Uh, thirty eight, this turned thirty-eight. So for this industry, I'm kinda on the younger side, but I'm definitely on the older side of probably going out. So But it's been a uh, it's been a blessing, man. I don't wish I moved out of the city. You know people say I wish I'd have moved I wanna do it here. And I don't want it to hinder, you know, I don't
0: wanna look back and have no regrets, but I said I wanted to do it here. So uh as far as your upbringing, man, for anybody that ain't never been to Louisville, Kentucky Just kind of describe the everyday struggles as a kid when you was younger, transitioning to a teenager, just struggles you had to go through, just being a regular African-American kid in Kentucky. Uh, Man, I think it's kind of like the storybook
1: that everybody kind of says. Mm -hmm. Just growing up in the West, just having to watch your surroundings. Where I grew up at, we had like a lot of neighborhood fights. You know what I'm saying? We might be playing pitch back, tackle on the street, tackle on the sidelines. End up in an altercation, but we wasn't really like a lot of gunplay. No. So it was more of us. We gonna fight. We might not talk for a couple of days, but we could really get up, walk to the same bus stop, <laughs> go to the same school, and we not you know the tensions are But by the time we get back, we might one day we just gonna end up playing football again together because lot of us playing the same little league together, the Muhammad Ali League, which was you know one of the original little league football leagues here for us. To, you know, we, so we did those type of activities playing basketball at Parkland, you know, with my cousins, and you know, they, they lived on 32nd or whatever. So just doing those type of childhood activities kind of kept me cool, and I was pretty book smart. So I went to a couple of different men with the camera. I went to Mazee stayed in kind of the advanced classes, so I was kind of, I went to Brandeis. So I was always exposed to, like, a variety of ethnicities, uh, upbringings, you know, going to camera. you got a lot of people from the East End out there, when I say that, like St. Matthews and that, but we catching the 15th Street, Market Street bus Mm. to camera. you know what I'm saying? We on a two hour torque ride and they got a five minute walk home, you know what I'm saying? So I was always blessed, and I'm gonna say it's a blessing because it was good to be able to be exposed, but I was blessed with two burn households. My daddy went to work, my mother went to work, so that was a blessing though, so I was I wasn't like I am. I was raised by just my mother, or just my father. You know, my parents was locked up. Like they provided a very good home to be raised in, even though we was in the West End. So I was able to just focus on school and then develop a hustle amongst myself. Okay. Uh, I will say that my, my, just like most African American parents, they didn't really press entrepreneurship. It was go to school, go to college. You know what I'm saying? It was that that blueprint that they did and I, you know, we've had conversations. I told them about it just, it never, it never was me. Mm-hmm. So with my kids, I put, let them see where their interest is. And I let them kind of just, you know what I mean? Figure it out. You know, I don't let them bob up their head, but I'm gonna let them be exposed to different ways. That It's more than one way to get to the top. Right. And I think we was, I don't know about, you know, yourself, but I was kind of taught that this is how you get to the top mm-hmm. is go to school, go to college, get a degree, Get a job, right? You know what I'm saying? And so, when I go back, I'm like, Man, college and do nothing but give me a debt, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, for this piece of paper that I really ain't wasn't going to use. But my thing was, I wanted to, I was an entrepreneur, I had the spirit at a young age, I was always a uh, hustler, all the way from my first. Everybody knew Tone's going to work, Tone's there to get to the money. Yeah, so are uh, you got any siblings? I do, man. Uh, two younger, two younger brothers, one of my brothers passed away at cancer okay. at a young age. So, yeah, so when I talk, you know, that was an era of my life that was rough. You know, being 19, watching your 17 year old brother have cancer, lose his leg, and go from being a star hooping from Butler, and they say it's tendonitis, and he goes back to get his second shot in his being like, you gotta go to the hospital. It might be something else because we're not giving you another cortisone shot. So, it went from tendonitis, sit out of the game, go get another MRI, why are you here again? To, two months later it's cancer and they're talking about taking delivery, you know what I mean? So that was a rough patch for my family of just dealing with that. So when I see a lot of our brothers and our sisters in in altercations and you mad at your mama, you mad at, like I don't take that lightly because one of my dreams was to have a drink with my brother, you know what I'm saying? I'm 19, 20 years old and I'm coming up on, you know, being able to have alcohol or whatever and I'm like, I never got to do that and that's something that, you know, I'm around it every day, so I see people their brothers take a shot. Him, I wish I was, you know, and I had that opportunity. So I tell people, like, mend the relationship. You can't cool, but make sure you're going to be at peace with it because
0: at any given time, you might not be able to do that. So, man, uh, as far as uh, when you was younger, man, what type of activities you was into? Did you play any sports or anything uh, like this? You didn't have no choices. Like, yeah, that was that was how you got through.
1: You know I mean? That was that the was bonding. That was a lot of relationships I even still have was created through sports. So that my first very Everybody on about networking event. The first networking event I had was playing the little league sports. Oh. I played baseball in Portland, played Muhammad Ali League, and like I said, I played basketball at Parkland. And then you know, of course, you know, organized ball. That was the organized ball. But every sport I was, I was playing almost year round something. Mm. And that's what kind of kept me active, going, and, and building. You know, I mean, building relationships. To be honest with you, and like I said, my brother, you know, he was better basketball than me, so. You know, he played so even just playing against him all the time and going you know, going to his games or whatever, even afterwards. So that's that's where it was in then football, I man. Football, basketball and baseball. That was it. okay. Yeah, that was it. Soccer I should have played soccer. That's where it was uh, at. To
0: right. me, but I wasn't exposed. Alright man, so um, you know, great household, you know, you lost your brother when you was younger and um, always was into different things, as far as academics, things like that. So uh, where did uh, Virtue come about around what year and uh, did someone spark that idea or was that something that you just came about on your own?
1: It definitely one came about on my own because I don't believe you do nothing without God's blessing. So it definitely wasn't just me, I mean, definitely God's vision and giving me the idea to even having that entrepreneurial spirit. So I definitely got to say it starts there. But actually, it started with childhood friends. You know, we went to mail. I went to mail. They went to manual, and we basically were doing parties. So we started off like renting venues, doing twenty-one and over parties, and it was like, man, one day we need to get our own. You know, I man, was like the vision. That was the goal. It was like, get our own. Mm-hmm. We going around paying rentals, paying rentals to rent venues. They taking the bar. We bringing the people, doing the advertising, and we all we get is the door. You know, we negotiated a few contracts, developed some partnerships with some of the venues, and you know, to make the numbers make a little bit more sense in our favor. Mm-hmm. But the vision was always, let's get our own. So, Virtue actually started, you know, we just had our fifth year anniversary of the brand. It actually started with multiple partners, and then when COVID hit, you know, we had a decision to make. You know, was what, you know, do we want to keep trying, go for it? And COVID was just like crazy, you know what I mean? So, that. You know, they just, I'm going to keep doing real estate. I'm going to keep doing this. And I'm like, I think I, 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 I want to continue. And that was kind of the, you know, the relationship that we have. Like, go ahead. You know what I mean? So kind of start off that way. i um, Davin on board. So let's rock. Struggled through COVID. And my whole thing through COVID was survival of the fittest. I feel like if you were able to get creative enough, get out of the box, and just survive, and be one of the last ones standing, you got a great chance of success coming out of COVID. Mm-hmm. So not knowing when it went in, how it went in, what it looked like, took a lot of money. Like you had, to put, you had to put some money up. You had to put some money up, you had to lose a lot of money, and hopefully that the other side of the rainbow looked like a bag. And, you know, we've been blessed to say that we was able to financially uh, have the funds to make it through COVID. Because it wasn't coming from the business. I mean, it was literally pay out of pocket, you know what I mean, every day. Just trying to keep my staff working through COVID, getting them hours, you know, doing it to-go drinks, expanding the menu, offering. We did, we did crazy stuff. I and mean, I was out delivering food. Me. You want some food? I don't care what if it was $15, $100. I'm ready to go get it. So, you know, I had to take a hustler's mentality of, I'm going to get every dollar out there, however I need to get it. So putting stickers on the boxes, trying to make it COVID proof so it wasn't touched by many hands, ordering special bags and boxes. Like, it was expensive to make it through COVID because of the regulations that was putting on us from the curfews and what you can sell, what you can't. And, but if you was a hustler,
0: you made it through COVID, all right? One thing, man, uh, that you that you stuck out that you said to me was that you uh, was out delivering. And you know, um, I was having a conversation the other day with one of my friends. I was saying that, you know, a lot of people can be a boss or something, but they don't know when to turn it off or know how to play different roles. So I feel like, you know, the people that know how to play different roles and how to play certain positions. Be like, oh, I'm the boss this day, but today I'm a worker this day. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying, so. I, I think that's a trait that every boss has to
1: have. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if not, you're vulnerable to not be the boss. Right. Like, you got when you're a boss, I feel like you gotta know your operation inside out. You, I can't let you work with me and know my operation better than me, because then you can take advantage of me. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. So, I ain't got no problem with this. That, I, I sweep the floor needs to be done. I oh, ain't got no problem sweeping the floor. But if I pay people for a position, I expect them to sweep the floor. Yeah. But don't think the job won't get done because it will. It's just, you know, how you want to get it done. So, everybody thinks being a boss is fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you say It's one thing to say I'm the boss, but when it's time to be the boss, are you the boss? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like you saying, like just being able to play those roles, wear many hats, turn it in and turn it off. And I think it comes with people disrespecting that you the boss. Right. And I don't walk around with virtue stuff on all the time. I really try, depending on where I'm going, I try not to it. Just because I don't want to, if I'm just going out to eat sometimes, sometimes I don't want to, oh, you got virtues. don't tell me about it. Which is cool, but sometimes I need that peace from me. I just want to sit at the bar, eat somebody else's wings eat somebody else's food and just get a mental cleanse or just a all right let me just breathe a little bit because i need to recalibrate myself Mm -hmm. so a boss is fun it's cool to be the boss but if you ain't ready to
0: put that work in like the boss then you ain't gonna sustain it so take me take me back to the time man on uh when you first opened first day you first opened virtue and uh, that beginning time, cause you know when you first start something, when you truly have a passion for something, when you first start, and you seeing people start to support you, that can be like the honeymoon phase where, you know. So take me back to how the city embraced you when they knew that you was taking the business serious and you was hitting the ground running. Man, I'ma tell you, it was,
1: uh, it was a blessing. Man, David had been looking for locations here away from And he had came across, he was like, man, look at this said we got to go tomorrow mm-hmm. let's go tomorrow they were still open mm-hmm. and we negotiated had a couple com- literally a couple conversations and he was like yeah we don't we don't y'all yeah, can get the keys so nobody knew but on derby week when everybody was playing at derby events and all that we had already signed up paperwork and got the keys mm-hmm. so the hardest thing for us was Keeping it under wraps for ninety, like ninety days. We flipped this joint in ninety days, and then trying to keep it under wraps. Like people's like, when y'all gonna get the sign change, they don't know. The reason why we just not to change the sign, and it's behind because we didn't want to red flag ourselves on what we was doing. So you know, like a lot of people will say, you know, everybody clapping for you ain't happy for you. Right. And I feel like if you leave the people sleep sometimes and let, you know, not let your not to say ops, but don't let everybody know your moves. You know what I'm saying? So. I like to just know that. Once I smack you, you done. Like, I don't wanna tell you, hey, I'm about to hit you. Mm-hmm. Nah, I just wanna hit you upside your head and here it is, like, you right. ain't got you ain't got time to hate, you ain't got time to criticize, you ain't got time to say nothing, because it's done. Mm-hmm. Now, now the machine's ready, so what you gonna do? So, just where we was parking it, like, that was hell, man. Like, yeah. I'm looking around, making sure ain't nobody outside looking, people's going to the family Dollar. Like i was seeing people I know, I'm able to jump back in the car, I'm trying to not park, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was a headache. So, us when we did the ribbon cutting, it was like a sigh of relief for us. Cause now we can operate normal, you know what right. I'm saying? Like we ain't got to worry about nothing, so. But I think the greatest feeling for me was how happy the people that Work working virtue was like I was happy that they was happy because giving them something to talk about and be proud to stand up on like ain't nothing like that feeling of being able to say oh yeah I'm working virtue like are you happy to say that and just taking pride in that product I think that was like a bittersweet you know I mean feeling of just like yeah we did that
0: also that says a lot to you as a person because you know a lot of people that's in that CEO role don't truly care about their employees you know what I'm saying so for you to be that persistent on, you know, when y'all transition from the old building to here uh, to uh, not letting too much time pass by, because you could have easily said that, be like, oh, my pocket's straight, you know what I'm saying? So so you'd be like, you know, making sure that y'all open up as soon as possible so your employees can start back making money, because you know, Um, everybody has bills and things like that. I think
1: that was, even going back to COVID, like we kind of touched on, but even that transitional period, I take that like on my shoulders. And I think that's when uh, people was like, you know, that, that was one of the times where it wasn't fun to be the boss. Mm-hmm. Like when you know and you see people kind of struggling or reaching out for help, or you know what I mean, just like when we open it, I'm trying to get back to the money. Like I ain't realize how much I miss that virtue money. Like, you know what I mean? So just hearing that was like, I got to find, I got to make, I got to speed this up. I got to do what I can to weather this storm with them and make sure their household is straight. Still make sure my household is straight and do what's best for the business. So, it was a juggling act, but it was really worrying on me. It was worrying on me and Devin. I was talking to Devin. We gotta you know, figure out what we can do so weather this is like, man, come on, y'all pull up. Lunch dinner's on us. Like, don't worry about that, deal. You know, Just doing creative things to try to help, but not feel like a pity party. But you know what I'm saying? You don't want me to feel like you feeling sorry them, but just doing things to keep them motivated, keep me motivated and keep that
0: ball rolling was crucial. Yeah, so man, um, as far as uh virtue as in general, man, like as far as like uh, the impact that you have on the city, just uh just kind of describe uh, you know, the operations of how you go week to week on not Get caught in doing things the same way as far as you know because it's easy you know you have a routine and you would do things the same things for months and things like that but keep people on their toes and have people excited even though it's the same place but have people excited to call oh, they doing this today I'm going to go check that out uh, a lot of it I think it's just being in
1: tune and listening to the people the people will tell you everything you need to know you see some regulars that maybe not be coming as much or whatever even just Being able to take criticism, like, I love to see the positive, but I love to see the negative too, because behind a negative, usually it's a valid point somewhere in there, something happened. And if you're able to have thick skin and be able to listen to that criticism, it'll give you an answer on what you can do to better your product. So when those negative comments happen, whatever it might be. I try to take those and say, okay, what do I need to do to counter that to make sure we don't repeat that same thing, or how can we make that person who's saying some negative look like they're on the island by themselves. Just being better every day, I think it's a challenge. And when I see, like, another event be successful, I'm like, hold on. It ain't jealous. Like, I know the Kanye, let's talk about the Kanye interview, and he was like, yeah, I was, no, the, no it was Shaq, the Shaq interview, or whatever, he was like, yeah, I do get jealous, but it's a competitive jealous, not an envious jealous. Right. So, I salute anybody with success. I promise you, all I wish everybody win. I know everybody's not going to win every day. That's just the law of the land. But I want to ever see everybody win. So, when I see something go great, I'm like, I got to be greater. And that's the fuel, the competitiveness that I have is be great. But be in your own lane. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to... If you're in this lane, I'm not worried about getting in your lane, trying to get behind you and trying to pass you up. Like, I'm going to stay in my lane, at my pace, and do it great. So, I, I some people believe to get money now. I won't get money every day, every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. But people's like, man, why don't you, you can charge 30, you get in charge 40. I want money every day. I don't want your 30 once. I want your 10s five. Five times. you know what I'm saying? All right. So, just keeping that mentality, staying in our own lane, the competitiveness. Competitive, even within myself, just to be
0: better every day, is what keeps the innovation and creativity going. You know, and that's kind of not normal these days. You know, as far as like, because a lot of people be in a competition with each other and be throwing shots at each other and things like that. But uh, like you said, you know, people taxing, charging forty or fifty dollars, but you know, all the money stacked the same. You know, like it's stacked the same. Like you know, you can charge you because you gonna if you got other avenues of the business. Like when y'all added the kitchen oh, and you sure. got the you got the bar, you know, you gonna make up for that other forty that you're not getting just based off them buying drinks okay. and just being here for the whole time. You know, like I said, we want to be a bar and lounge.
1: Like we don't want we don't want you to come on a late night. You got a meeting. You got. I want to meet some homies. I, I want to take my mom out to eat for lunch. Uh, we want to diversify ourselves and give us an opportunity not to get just get the late night money. All right. And I think when you start doing that, that's what you're know, going to get. It's just the late night. Man. Which is cool. It works. You need it. The city needs it. And I believe the city should have options. So what people say is competition is good for the consumer because it keeps it competitive and it keeps the options open. Mm-hmm. Everybody might not like it being out to three, four in the morning. Sometimes you want to be out to just two. Right, come early, just happy hour, you know what I'm saying? So eventually I hope the city will get more accustomed to like the, the Atlantas and the Houstons where we party earlier. Like we don't party, we party late. And I don't get it. Like day parties took off. you know, it came. it's a niche now, but I'm trying to develop a how to turn happy hour. You know what I mean? So. That's on my to do list for the spring is I want a turn up happy hour. Like you come at six, seven, you ain't no scrubs. <laughs> you done un- loosened up the tie a little bit. You still got your slacks, your wingtips, your Chelsea boots, whatever. It, you know whatever your profession might be, but it's straight out the punching that clock, getting to it. You know during the, and it's straight to happy hour. So that's the concept that I definitely want to explore is that uh, pushing down the city's throws a happy hour. And I'm gonna do it like I'm gonna challenge the city
0: the uh, chirped up happy hour. I think that'd be something dope. So uh what are your uh, long-term and short-term goals man as far as like what do you want to accomplish with uh, virtue man I would like I would love to see virtue be a staple in the community
1: uh, as long as you know like Cole's you know you know rest in heaven Mr. Cole definitely like he had a great great run a long tenure staple in the community So you look at the Mr. Coe's, you look at the club seaters, even, you know, Double Deuces has been there for years. Then you go to like the back door that's been there for ages. You know what I mean? So I just would like to be that type of staple where you know, you know what I mean, like Virtue's gonna be there. Uh, So just to be able to develop that longevity of it would be a blessing. Uh, Second location, you know, if it's in the cars, maybe on the east end side, Uh, would be, you know, something to entertain, I think, but mainly I want to diversify my personal portfolio of investments, you know, so looking at the real estate and in the healthcare field, it's probably the next
0: step, so to be honest with you. Um, Do you see virtue being like a a lifelong thing, something that you want to be involved in for the majority of your life, or do you see yourself... You're passing on to when kids, get older, for them to run it, or you just transition to a whole other space? Man,
1: that's a that's a tough one, right, man. Like, <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing. But um, I think the goal is always to be successful. So be, what that success looks like, everybody's not going to be cut out. Everybody's not cut out to run the bar industry. Like, it can work on you. It's hard on your family. It's hard on you socially. Like, it's every day, like, it's not easy. So if it's in my kids' cars that they are interested in, I'll definitely, definitely get them the game. It's definitely theirs. That's who I do it for. Like, it ain't about me. It's for my kids at this at this point. You know, it's my baby, but I don't, I'm going to work for them. I'm working extra hard to take care of them, make sure they're straight, and being able to develop them and give them experiences and stuff like that. So. If virtue's in the cards to pass it down, it's getting passed down. If if I can pull up whatever and somebody, a big chain, wants to buy in or whatever, I mean, you got to entertain that. You know what I mean? If it's an opportunity for us to better ourselves or expand to other markets, I'm definitely interested. I'm, I follow Two Chains a lot. I think he's a very smart, low key businessman, the way he moves and the investments of what he does. You know, everybody knows who changed the rapper, but him, this owning Escobar, and they're selling franchises. Like I'm, I'm entertaining that, I'm developing SOPs and stuff like that now to be able to present to uh, virtue Ohio, uh, virtue Indianapolis. Like that's that's when you get it, and that's when you get into it. And I think it's good for the brand. So I'm definitely interested in the franchising. Yeah, I think that would be. More of the lane that I would like to is be more of a franchise and how, and getting royalties here. Maybe not hands-on day-to-day, but being able to say, okay, I, I got a percentage up in Ohio, a percentage in Atlanta, a percentage in Alabama. You know what I mean? To where I'm putting pieces of the pie together to make another pie, but not the daily operation. I'm doing daily checks to make sure you, you know operate to the virtue standard. Uh, that's the goal. I would say franchising
0: is probably the next step for
1: virtue.
0: So, as far as um, your family history, did you have anybody in your family that you could look up to, or any close friends that was entrepreneur or business uh, minded like that, or were you the first one to kind of take that step in your circle? Your uh, man, entrepreneurial wise,
1: I had a. I worked for a small business. At a time, probably like, you know, my 20s. And I think that's where I learned some entrepreneurial struggles, so to speak. You know what I mean? He was pretty open about what was going on with the business and, you know, bank conversations and stuff like that. So I definitely learned that. But I think my father was probably the one I got the hustle from and did it, you know, just knowledgeable on managing people and how to manage a business. Because I think he, man- he managed his life there. So, I'm a firm believer, in honor, and I'm trying to even get better. I'm be like, when your life is in order, your business is in order. So, to me, even just you know changing my habits of once I get out of the bed, I listen. I was on it wrong. Once you get up out of the bed, you make the bed up, and you don't get back in it. So that's a practice where I've been doing for about the past year now. Once I get out of the bed, there's no let me lay back down. Or it, you make the bed up immediately. So you're less likely to get back in it because like, I don't want to make up the bed. So you might go sit on the couch but you ain't getting back in that bed. Mm-hmm. So just developing those habits and being around my father, being able to get his insight, even if just, all right, well, this is what I would do. Even if I might not do it, but just to give me a different perspective and trusting somebody that I know has my best interest has always been key. Yeah,
0: so uh, how, how do you want people to perceive you?
1: I don't know.
0: So <laughs> the question, E man. No, nah, I just came up with the question that um, <laughs> I just started asking people recently because it's a real question that you have to really think and I think everybody and I look at it as really like a legacy question because mm-hmm. when you get 20 years down the line and you reflecting on all the stuff you accomplished and you know when you uh, when everybody leaves here, you know, that dash in between the day you die and the day you was born to tell your story. So you won't, i mean, people gonna say what they want to say. They gonna have their own opinions of you. But as far as like, you know, what you know, what you putting out every day, and you know what you, the effect that you mm-hmm. have on people. So like, you know, how, how do you want people to perceive you? As far as you know, in general, you know? Well, how do
1: I want people to perceive? That's crazy. Um, man, that's crazy. How do I go be? I don't, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without, you know what I mean? Because I don't care what people think about me. Right. But I try to hold myself to a standard where you can't say anything negative about me. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I know how I govern myself. So you can formulate your own opinion, maybe you cross paths or not, but just know I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be honest, and I'm doing it, well, I do it for minds. You know what I mean? So other than that, and then when I say minds, that means my kids, my my family, my girl, and my legacy that I want to leave behind. That's the goal. Uh, of course, i am about to say he's a God friend, man. You know what I mean? I ain't going to say I'm holy now. You know what I mean? I walk around, and I ain't going to say I read a Bible verse every day, but I definitely pray before I eat count my blessings, even when I'm there, you know what I mean, the struggle is to pray that the storm is over and give me the strength to make it through, to get to, it, you know what I mean, so, just as long as I leave a legacy that somebody can say, man, he was a good man, you know what I mean, I think I'd be cool with that, your blessings are coming through your kids, so, just, I think if you do those things and be and be honest, God hearing you about your family, man, I think good things are happening for you, so, as long as I'm in that realm of that, I think my success story will come and that'll speak for itself. As long as you ain't trickling doing people wrong, treat the people who work for you as people that work for you, not no person that's a, a peon on the totem pole because every piece makes the puzzle. As long as you're a corner piece, a middle piece, uh, the first piece or the last piece, you matter just as much as this whole type of puzzle because the picture's gonna be distorted without your piece. So with those, but that being said I think I'd be cool with that They got my legacy But I don't think I'm done So in this chapter In this book This chapter book I think I'm only like halfway in So uh, I'm interested to see What this other 50% looks like
0: For myself You know what I mean So what, what, What's yours? Wait uh, me, me personally I think uh, How I want people to perceive me Is uh, You know uh, 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 Live by um, I'm a firm believer of whatever you put out, it's gonna come back to you. So I always live by trying to treat people good and put positive energy out. Even if I know a person did me bad or did something that wasn't in my best interest, I don't try to go tick the tack or nothing like that. I just let the let let the world just, you know, and life go by, you know, it'll it's karma, guy. I mean, karma is a part. It's a part of life. You know, like I don't think you could really get around it. Not saying that. Not. I think people go wrong with taking karma in their own hands. I don't believe in right. you pursuing the karma to get back on somebody. But I just believe, man. You know, I just want people to perceive me as, you know, kind of similar to what you said. You know anybody really said that I did them wrong and always treated people good and always uh, tried to help people. That's how I want people to perceive me. You know, if I added the help, I help yeah.
1: I try to be a selfless person, too. You know what I mean? I think if you do it for self, you end up on an island by yourself. You know what I mean? So, like, keeping these good people around me that's even gonna challenge me when I'm wrong. Like, I think that's important. Now like you can have people that are Big up you all day. All right, man, you doing it, but you got new change, new watch. But are you really like checking me? Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like if you're around me, you really genuinely around me and care about me. And that's why I'll be in this. You should be checking, like brother. Why you shouldn't? Have, you shouldn't have made that move, yourself. all right You know what I mean? Like, did you? You know that's cool. But what made you do it? You know what I mean? Like, check me when I'm wrong. And I, right. you know what I mean. I think in, uh, accountability is a word today. It's thrown around so loosely,
0: but it? it's not taken as strongly as it should. Yeah, I'm big on accountability because coming from the military, yeah, that whole military system is about accountability. Right. So I'm real big on accountability, whether it's somebody I'm doing business with, or just somebody yeah. I got a relationship with, is friend, family member, or whatever. You know, whether you're right or wrong. Just be accountable for whatever you did. I, I'm a firm believer in that
1: word. I, yeah. I don't think people understand how important it is. Mm-hmm. And even just holding yourself and being accountable for yourself, action does. And I think <clears throat> if more people were accountable and developed more discipline, we'd be a lot more further ahead you, Mark, as people. You know what I mean? So, not working on it. Sometimes I'm not as disciplined as I should, but I've told myself, like, I don't drink while I'm here. I feel like that's just to set the tone and the standard for my staff and me being the best version of myself. And then making sure I don't overindulge because I don't have to pay for it. So it ain't like I can just drink free will, but I think that's not me being the best version of myself. It's setting an, ex- set an ex- example for the staff and even showing them that I can you can be around this environment and not become how uh, do like I say it? Not influenced by it. Because being in the nightlife can be toxic. I mean, I think you know. I think everybody who goes out knows that when you go in the club and you start getting drunk, like, <laughs> why'd you do that? Why'd you spend that? You right. know what I mean? So it's not always a positive situation to be in. And depending on where we are mentally, sometimes we overindulge. We make bad decisions because we masking Whatever happened throughout the day, with that alcohol, right. you know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong, we always, you know what I mean, sometimes it's a celebration, sometimes it's a mask, you know what I mean, I'm trying to cover it up to get to see another better, and I get it, but it ain't always the right thing to do over those, like, and, it, and we've all done it, you know what, right. what I mean? You know, so, just trying to be better
0: like that too though. So man, as we uh, wrap things up, man, uh, any last things that you want to say about Uh, What virtue has to come in the future for the rest of 2022 and 2023? Uh, Anything that you uh, have that you know off the top of your head that you have coming and uh, let people know how to find you on social media, things like that? Yeah. Man, what's coming up?
1: You know, we're in the fourth quarter of the year. You know, fourth quarter's pressure. It's like you gotta guess when it's, you know what I mean? Change that yearly salary, which it looks like. So we are gonna push through the fourth quarter just trying to up the revenue. Uh, get some different events. We got Thanksgiving night. Not Thanksgiving night. Thanksgiving Saturday, the Jeezy event with uh, Royal Creation, with Tade and Scrooge. New Year's Eve, of course we're gonna do a New Year's Eve. But uh, gotta have that. Got a couple uh, the kids' Halloween's coming up. That, that, that's that's turn. The kids' Halloween party turn. And I'm waiting to see if it's going to be better than the adult one because the kids' ones go hard. Um, we're going to do a Christmas, a Christmas drive as well. Um, we we'll be working with them. Um, and then New Year's, of course. Then it it's my birthday. So, you no, know we got to go up for that. We got to go way up for that. And then 2023, like I said, man, the goal. Uh, get the financial documents prepared. Start exploring possibly the you know the franchise situations. Uh, speaking into an existence, you know, what I mean, not only putting let's say the horse before the carriage and the carriage before the horse, but speaking it up uh, into existence, franchise opportunities, expansion, you know, will be something to explore. And just making virtue better every day. I and mean, I can't stress it enough. I know it sounds corny as. I'll get out, you know what I mean? But be better every day and adapt in the business to be better. And that's, that's our goal, man. Expand. Expand franchise and be better every day. And just putting, circling the money back into the experience here at right. Tula. And giving people something new to look at, whether it's decor, organization, uh, the type of events as well. so. Other than that, man, that's helping be back over here, uh, talk about what we talked about and see where we at, and do a self-check and accountability. I when mean, well, you said this on the last one, where we at with it, what happened? <laughs> uh, did those heaters come in? You said we was going to heat it on the patio. You got more heaters come in. Like, what's going on with that? Uh, what y'all doing with this patio? What's up with the hookah? Did that happen? So this podcast will be accountability check for me to say, like, you talked about it, but did you execute it? Right. So... That's uh, it. Social media I know everyone Is the world Gotta be on there all right. Even when you Don't want to be on there uh, Instagram My personal Tone.capone Facebook Tony Dream Team Frank Of course Business page We're uh, working on Our TikTok You know What you can find Is Virtue Bar and Lounge uh, and that's on All social media platforms Virtue underscore Bar and Lounge Follow us, inboxes, us, slide that DM, book a table, book a section, whatever you need, man. Any questions? Whatever, like we try to be pretty responsive uh, via social media. Keep tapping in on Google. We average about twenty check twenty thousand check ins a month on Google. So you know, if you got any questions, find us on Google. It's ours operation. Leave a good comment, negative. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: Give us some five stars. You know. Yeah, man, social media followers. Yeah, man, uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, man. You know, uh, anytime you want to come on, uh, you come yeah. on anytime, you know. It, it just got to be an interview, but I don't want to get the interview out just so uh, to get more people can know about it. You know, I am built a uh, nice fan base on YouTube and other platforms that I'm on. And um I just want. Uh, I also talk about real stuff. You know what I'm saying, as far as police brutality, child support, relationship stuff. That you know. Uh, I talked about another topic that was that was real good too. Uh, transit. Uh, is it okay to kick your kid out at 18? Man, I think we was at the bar. We kind of t- tapped yeah, on there at the t- bar the
1: other day. Yeah. So, nah, man. We. we ooh, that's a mouthful right there. Yeah. But no,
0: it's not okay. Yeah, yeah. So that, but yeah, you know, we'll talk about that later. But okay. Well, yeah, I just, uh, I just started this because I think, you know, uh, me personally, you know, stuff I went through in the military, losing friends um, in Afghanistan when I was on deployments and combat situations, you know, I went through a real de- depression, you know, when I lost a couple of my friends. So, I think uh, when I started this, you know, I think the mental health aspect, especially in minority communities, is really absent because we're trained systematically to just get treated bad and um, just keep moving like, all right, right, that sucks, but whatever, keep going. So I just think uh, we just have to have more conversations amongst each other to get reassurance in ourselves to know that people go through similar things, whether, you know, this person can be making 500000 and you can be making $50,000. dollars we still all people at the end of the day and people go through similar struggles no matter what level of life they're in. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, Salute so to you, man. I remember when you first had the idea to start the
1: podcast and to see you do it and then grow it and even just keep grinding on it, man. That's a, a testament to you and your character, too, though, So you definitely need to pat yourself and get your flowers, man. You're doing it. Uh, even just a growth in yourself, even before this, like I can see you growing. You know what I mean? Uh, it was kind of quiet at first. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking quiet Eric. You know what I mean? It ain't he ain't quiet no more. You know what I mean? Which is good, man, because I think your personality shows in your podcast, man, which is great. I think people just getting to know you. You know, what I mean? it's a, a testament to. So appreciate you.
0: Now, come on, anytime, anything I can do to help, you know, in my life. Right, man, and uh everybody check out Virtue Bar Lounge in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, on Brownsboro Road, come get some of them good rippos, catfish nuggets, come by on Taco yes. Tuesday, and get some of those tacos, man, and anything, you know, during the day, nightlife, same hookah. Bomb drinks, any type of drink you can think of, at a bar situation. Great customer service. Come check them out if you're stopping in Louisville to see a Louisville game or anything you got going on. You got to stop by Virtue. That's almost necessary, yes. you know. Yes. And uh check out what Tone them have going on. You know, I've been coming up here for almost four years. And, it's kind of like a weekly routine for me to come out here at least once or twice a week. So uh, I appreciate all my supporters uh, that have been supporting the podcast. You're almost at 2,500 subscribers on YouTube. So I appreciate everybody uh, tapping in with me. And uh, we got more dope, dope content to come in the future. And be on the lookout for the, uh, the Reds to interview that drops on uh, November 7th at 12 o'clock. Um, so uh, I appreciate the support. And uh, this concludes the day episode, and uh, appreciate y'all supporting me, y'all have a good one. Yeah, I been going,
1: mm-hmm.